What's going on, friends? This is Random Number 104. That's right, Roomies and Movies, Episode 104. I'm Ox. That over there is Luke. And we'll be talking about this. You should be checking out some you should avoid and even dipping our toes to the classic age, 20 years plus type scenario. Um, for this week, for the weeklies, we're, we're continuing to watch Titans. Doom Patrol, and Swamp Thing, all episode twos, uh, as, long, as well as Good Omens over there on Prime. Uh, we watched Black Mirror, the new season of three episodes. Uh, for the best and worst list, we got Matrix and Glitter, as well as theatrically, we'll be talking Dark Phoenix. Um, did you watch anything else besides all of that? Shit, man, probably. I forgot I watched Black Mirror, so who knows? <laughs> Uh, I've been digging uh, Letterkenny on my Hulu for the last like week I've had it. Ooh, I uh, hope that's really good. It is super ridiculously funny. You'll you should check it out because I'm sure you'd love it. It's got that uh, hometown mid midwestern feel to it, uh, but it's like from Canada. But yeah, it's like there's so many scenarios that we've lived through on uh, through in our daily lives. It's fucking great. Um, yeah. Also, just finished uh, Bossy Verdon. Uh, I finished. I I think this week I finished what we do in the shadows. Finally, I think I'm still back on like episode four, and I just saw like the finale aired, so I'm gonna burn through like the whole season this next week. So, yeah, it's good stuff. All of that. And I've been reading and playing reading. Video. Yeah. What have you been reading? You know what I've been reading because I fucking told you what it's called. <laughs> I figured you were diving more into comics and stuff, trying to get back to those. Uh, no, I actually haven't loaded anything up for a couple weeks. I've been reading that. What I don't even remember the title. That really the, absurdly. The really pretentious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've been reading that and uh, the Beastie Boys book and Stephen King. Nice. I jump between the three. It's a weird fucking. Let me tell you. Basically, I read How that book. How the fuck do you do that? <laughs> I don't know. I just keep track of it. But like, <clears throat> I'll be reading that uh, <laughs> that uh, that horror film book, and it's like she's like, "We're talking about this film from the '70s." And I was like, "Ooh, I vaguely know that, but I've never seen it." Let's see what we're talking about. And they're like, and then when the ghost starts raping her, that reminded me of when my mother got raped, and I saw it when I was five, and I was like, "I need to put this down and read some Stephen King." That's what I need to do right now. <laughs> Oh, I thought that was the Stephen King book. No, that's <laughs> that's my pretentious what? House of Psychotic Women, an autobiographical topiary on women in horror films or something. It's it's dark. <laughs> oh, I knew we'd get that title out of you if I just pushed a little I... further. <laughs> mm, it's not even completely it, but it's fucked. Oh, it's what? Women in horror and exploitation film. It it, yep. it it's, it's a lot <laughs> but it's really interesting I think that shit is super interesting so. yeah but, I mean it seems like you're uh, digging into it pretty good yeah I'm like 200 pages in um, nice. because it's like a 600 page book but uh, what what's cool is like the the reading of like thematic elements and those films and how they've always been there and what they mean and what we're talking about that's fine. But it's when she's like, and this is how it relates to my real life. When my stepfather didn't love me and I think he touched me. And it's like, Ooh, no, we don't need to bring that in here. 
<laughs> interesting. Very interesting. Um, so any other news you want to talk about prior? Uh, probably not. I don't remember anything. I don't know. You probably didn't see it because I think it was just announced the last couple hours, but, uh, Villain News getting a series of Dune started. Yeah. Oh Um, yeah. Do you really believe that? No, it's legit. Uh, it's the Dune sisterhood. It's not happening. I guarantee you. I bet you it is. Listen, I don't understand how we, like, are doing this again after fucking Blade Runner flopped so hard and they put all that money into it and they're like, why did this fail? Let's try Dune now and do the same thing? Like, no, it's not happening. Totally going to happen. Villainy is a visionary and everybody's going to get on board. There's no way it's happening. Like, if we get one of those because he said he's trying to do two movies isn't he um i think the second one got switched to the series ordered i will listen i guarantee you that first movie is going to be one of the biggest flops of the year it comes out and they kill everything else it's the same way it's the same as when like Dark Tower, and it was going to be fucking an HBO miniseries, and then we're going to do another movie, and then do another season of the show to do all the books, and then that first movie came out, like, ooh, no, we're done. We're stopping this. I'll buy a whole fucking theaters. We'll get it off the ground. (laughs) If if all these crazy people can't get fucking Avengers Endgame to beat Avatar yet, you are not going to get Dune to be a successful franchise. Bullshit. <laughs> we'll see. It's got Batista in it, so everybody, everybody loves Batista. Hmm. He's an animal. <laughs> All right, let's talk some uh, DC Universe. Um, starting with Swamp Thing, then. Did you uh, like it more? You were kind of lukewarm on last episode. I feel uh, like yeah, I was. No, no, no. I definitely like this episode a lot more. I think a lot of it helped with uh, what you were saying last week um, with the themes and shit like that. Um, and like, he's just a muck man at, for the most part, but um, I, it's interesting. The It almost seems like they have a psychic link, the little kid in him. I don't know if that's the swamp itself or the disease or whatever, but it's interesting to see that unfold a little bit further. So, yeah. Plus you get that sweet scene where like he's ripping his head apart as she's ripping the wires oh, off. God of madness. I didn't know so if good. like, it felt like, uh, he was doing it in effect of her ripping them off or vice versa. But like, it was maddening for sure. It was good. And, uh, little love again you haven't read the comics yet but we get uh we get some uh jason woodrew who will soon become the floronic man shit is getting me fucking pumped man what's the what's the floronic man yeah just you wait you'll see what the floronic (laughs) man is uh which dude was that uh the dude from lost Hmm. i can't remember who he played keeny is that who he played on lost the like he, he played, he played the Blob in X Men Wolverine. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. that'll be interesting. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, like, yeah. it, it doesn't seem like there's much more to it. It's just seeing this all unfold um, and to see if she can't 
cure this disease in time. But yeah, yeah. But I think it's an interesting hook to like because you can't just have like this thing wandering around the swamp and follow him all the time. You got to kind of hook us in somehow. Fuck, you can't. Let's <laughs> let's just fucking put a camera on him. Put a GoPro around his neck. But yeah, I mean, like, I think all the stuff in the swamp is good. Like, I think it's they're doing really good stuff with it. Um, I'm interested in the uh, like the dynamic between Abby and her surrogate father, and dude, how he's got that. That was an interesting part of it too. Is like they actually pretty well explained why they were doing it and whatnot. Like, it all gave levity to everything, and like. Yeah, now I I buy it so much more than I did last week. It just seemed like, I don't know, crazy crazy rich people doing crazy rich things. But I guess he he has a purpose behind it that he's killing off all this air biome, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'd yeah. say the only thing that probably doesn't work is like that Abby has such a connection to Alec for that like five hours they knew each other. Yeah. Uh, also, what the fuck is that daughter doing? Stuff. And also, here's my thing. Was Alec really posting a fucking live video journal before he got <laughs> blown up? Uh, yeah, listen. If you're going to save the world and be the next big shot journalist, you got to do crazy shit like that. I was expecting to see him get shot and to blow up and be like, how did he hit post? And then just like, oh, wait, we're here, post. Uh, also big news from Swap Thing it won't be getting a season 2 did they also cut back the episodes then too well yeah they I think it was supposed to be 10 episodes and they cut it down to 8 but that happened during production oh okay Okay. but yeah thanks to a fuck up in North Carolina tax law (laughs) yeah I think they were making this each episode was like 40 million, wasn't it? No, it was... Or okay, it was 14, so, but it was going to 40, wasn't it? No, it, what happened was basically, it's the same thing states do tax breaks for film productions to get them to come work because it creates jobs. It's why, like, you know, it's why Marvel built a whole studio in Georgia. You know, it's they get tax breaks and everything. Um, so basically, North Carolina was like, listen, if you come and film here, we'll give you a $40 million tax break. So they were like, cool, we'll budget the show at 80 and the state's paying for half of it, essentially. And then they were in production and filming and then North Carolina was like, no, we fucked up. We're only giving you $14 million. And so they were immediately like, well, <laughs> we just lost all the money and we can't afford this. So basically they were saying like they can't continue because they filmed it with a budget in mind and they don't have access to that budget, so they don't want to dip in quality to continue. They'd rather just end it. And I mean, it looks fucking awesome. It um, does. Apparently, they built they built a whole uh, swamp. They just made a whole dump pool <laughs> on one in one studio, and then just made it a swamp so they can control the lighting and everything. Nice. Hell yeah! I mean, it shows like it. The lighting and everything is extraordinary for a lot of those shots, especially uh, the end of this episode when, like, he comes out of the shadows and is, like, standing there. I'm like, fuck, that looks so much off. So, so much like Swamp Thing. I'm, like, fucking so down with the show now. Yeah. And then he's all like, I'm going to command my fucking vines to rip that guy apart. It's so violent. (laughs) I love it. 
Uh, jumping from there, then, uh, let's talk about Titans and what a fucking ridiculous ride that is still. In a good way or a bad way? I don't, I, I don't know. I have no idea. Um, right? I don't either. I kind of like this episode. <laughs> I don't... I I have no qualifiers. I don't know. It just seems like it's on a different level than I'm... than I can even quantify. Because, like... <laughs> Last episode, we're like, all these heroes, quote-unquote heroes, are just killing everybody in their path. Like, And, like, that just carries over to this episode in a really weird fucking sadistic kind of way. Um, Raven's getting more powerful, but she doesn't know what the fuck is about. But also, it's satanic. I don't know. It's so fucking strange. Um, but I did love the opening when they showed off is it is it Hawk and Dove, right? Fuck yeah, it's Hawk and Dove. <laughs> Fucking dope. Uh Hawk, of course. Um Alan can't think of his last name, but from Blood Drive last year. I was like stoked to see him. And I was like, yeah, I'm down. Um yeah. to see their kind of backstory with Robin and how they how were how they were working with him. Um I don't know. Robin seems like the worst iteration of Robin I could imagine. Yeah, it's really bad, but I don't know. <laughs> and I'm feels, still so intrigued. It's so strange that it's, the show's kind of anchored on him. Yeah, and it doesn't understand him as a character, I think, at all. Or a person, really. But I feel like if they hadn't been like any pre... I, I feel like if they'd just been like here's a new Robin and it has no comic continuity. I could buy the story a little more and kind of follow it. I think that works so much better than, well, I mean, I really don't know any Robins besides like the ones that have shown up, like Clooney and Val Kilmer movies. Um, Besides was Black Mirror Grayson. Yep. Okay. Um, Yeah. So basically you just know Grayson. (laughs) Yeah, for the most part. So I think it would have been smarter to just come at it with a new Robin. Um, especially because I think most iterations that they show Raven, she's typically the same age as Robin, right? Uh, yeah, I, they always kind of keep the Teen Titans about the same age for the most part. So it's just really strange because I, it feels like they're playing Robin as like in his mid-30s and Raven's not even able to drive a car now <laughs> i would say i'm reading robin like he's in his mid to late 20s that's where i'm reading him as yeah as like someone who he grew up he did the vigilante thing and then he gave it up to go be a cop and now that's what he's trying to do but, yeah but yeah it's, it's just... weird you know like you can't hang out with hawk and dove and not expect to get pulled back into the life of violence just fucking strange man I like it though. I don't know. I, it's not like, good, but I like it. <laughs> it was really interesting in the opening when, like, Hawk's getting tortured, and then Dev comes to save him, and literally is just ripping people's faces off. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck is this at all? I just don't know. So, but um, I do like. I do like that they show like that these characters are human. And, you know, like, you see how physically this hurts Hawk and he can't do the, you know, it's breaking him. 
Like, I like when they do that with these human characters. Yeah. Um, these are characters in the actual DC universe, right? Fuck yeah. Hawk and Dove, I, fucking Rob Liefeld, son. I'm so interested in them as characters because they just seem like they work well together. Um, and, like, is is are those books show him in the same scenario? Like, he just is succumbing to the pressure of being a hero and just kind of can't handle it. That is, I've seen that in, listen, ain't no one going out and looking for Hawk and Dove stories. I'll tell you that. (laughs) Like This guy is. I'm down. (laughs) But yeah, that is kind of one of his things. It's, it's, it's good. I don't, I can't say it's good because it's bad, but I thoroughly (laughs) enjoy it. Um... I don't know. Yeah, it's it's intriguing for the most part. Uh, I'm interested to get to episode five because I think you've seen through four, right? Uh, I've seen the first three, I think. Okay, it it'll be interesting coming at it both on equal footing in the weeks to come. So, yeah. Plus, everything I've heard is people are like, it starts off shaky, but it gets really like it finds its tone and its voice by the end of the first season. So. Man, I hope so, because I really am not... It just doesn't feel like I can connect with these DC shows yet. Um, but, like, there's slivers and, like, glimmers of hope that, like, I kind of want to dig into. But, like, I don't know. It, I'd say the really strange at this point. I'd say the first thing is that I'd point out is, like, Teen Titans look, or just Titans, sorry. Mm-hmm. It looks so much cheaper than like Swamp Thing or Doom Patrol. Oh, yeah, a thousand percent. Um, to have this, this kind of seemed like the front runner of the DC uh, streaming service for the most part. Um, and it, it feels kind of rushed in that regard. But then you turn to Doom Patrol, and like that kind of seems really polished for being the second show out of the gate. Yeah, like um, really polished. Like, kind of doesn't make sense how well it's put together. <laughs> yeah. So, jump from Titans to Doom Patrol. What do you think of the second episode? It's so good. It was like, so honestly. strange. And, and that's what Doom like, Patrol is. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. you know that's what I love about it. It's like. Even as like winky winky as it is, when um, Mister Nobody is talking on the bus to like uh, uh, the chief, and you know he's like, "All I'm trying to do is like, you know, I'm talking," or he's like, "I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the comic nerds and the Grant Morrison fans." And I was like, <laughs> "You are. You guys have that fucking Morrison tone down." Oh yeah, um, it's really strange to the between the three shows. Uh, because Swamp Thing is kind of this mystery, like, trying to figure out what everything is. Um, Titans just feels like these heroes have a handle on what their powers are and what they can do with it. And, like, this show, like, nobody knows any fucking thing what the hell they're doing. And, like, they're grasping at straws to try and figure anything out. Um, yeah, and then a donkey swallows them all and then explodes. <laughs> like, how could you not like this? I completely <laughs> forgot that first episode. Uh, and then he was chasing down the donkey and everything came back to me. I was like, what, what is this show? So (laughs) I think trying to figure out Jane, uh, was pretty interesting. Um, yeah, 
The show's um, wild for sure. I I really like their take on Cyborg. Yeah, like, I think yeah, yeah. Really good compared to like how shitty the character and the actor were in Justice League. To be like, oh yeah, Cyborg can be fun and tortured and do the dark stuff they wanted to do with like Snyder stuff, but still have a levity to the character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I'm in for it. Uh, I'm I'm digging them. I just don't like. I'm not connecting with them yet. So. I'm I'm looking forward to hitting those notes with these shows. Come on, like man! On how board. can you, how can you just not immediately connect to a show where the word "fuck" becomes a word bloom that's weaponized to try and kill a robot man? <laughs> I mean, you got me there. It's uh, it's just so so weird, and I feel yep. like that's hundred percent what this show is. So. Or these characters, anyway. Um, do is it kind of like a rotating cast then? Like we get a couple from like the four we started out with, and like they just rotate a couple in every episode then, or? I don't know. You've seen as many episodes as I have, man. <laughs> uh, but I mean, like this cast of like Robot Man and Crazy Jane and Rita and the dude with the bandages negative man like that's morrison's team like that's the oh. team he did on doom patrol nice so fuck yeah i'm in so party on episode yeah, we're in we're <laughs> in as long as wb allows this did you see all the shit about like no one knows what's gonna happen to the streaming service uh no i didn't you mean dc's yeah why would they why would anything affect that like it it seems like that's their main purpose right now. Well, here's the main thing that's going to bug me is because, like, I I don't really care about the shows in the sense that, like, I would pay the 70 bucks a year to have access to the 25,000 comics they have on there. It's the same mm-hmm. reason I have Marvel Unlimited. Yeah. But apparently, like, uh, since Warner's and AT&T merged... <coughs> um, Warner Brothers is now all the brass and whoever's running it now decided they want their own streaming service that's going to have, you know, HBO and Cinemax and all the stuff that they own as one streaming service, which would mean that they would doesn't mean they kill DCU or not. Who knows? Wouldn't that, wouldn't they just double dip though? No, they would rather, because they want to I think they said they want it to be 15 to $20 a month for their service. So they want everything on it. Yeah, but I could see paying probably fifteen bucks for HBO and all those, and then the eight dollars for this service. I mean, because the people that are going to want this service are the uh, ones that are reading the comic books and such. Like exactly, but I think you know they're putting in all these all these fucking you know Disney and you know Disney owns Hulu, so now NBC's talking about maybe doing their own streaming service. You know, like all they want is their content. That's all they're worried about is their content and what they can say to get people on. That's so, insane. I huh. really hope, like, I wouldn't care to lose, like, if they were like, these shows are done and the ones we're working on, because, like, you know, there's the Harley Quinn animated shows coming up soon and then, like, uh, the Stargirl show and stuff. I don't give a fuck. Take it away. Just leave me <laughs> my comic. I'll pay 70 bucks a year. That makes a lot of sense. So, um, so yeah, that's DC Online, I suppose. Uh, how'd you feel about Good Omens episode two? 
I liked it a lot more than the first episode. Um, mm-hmm. I think it, it flowed better. Uh, I thought it was a lot funnier. I laughed out loud uh, quite a bit more in the second episode. Um, but I still kind of have the same hangups of, that I did in the first one, where at this point, like, if it's not the angels and the demons, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting enough seeing um, these characters kind of gravitate to each other. Uh, especially the boy in his town, like running into the witch and shit like that. Um, but yeah, I really only care about uh, Angel and the Demon, especially fucking driving through the city and just tearing ass to get to the uh, air base or the hospital next to the air base and shit like that. Like, well, that was I'll, so much fun. Like, I'll expand a little. Like, I love Zirafel and Crowley. And I love John Hamm's Gabriel, like that whole scene where he's screaming about pornography. <laughs> um, so good. But I also really like the introduction of war, and I'm excited for the horsemen. Yes. Fuck yeah, man. And, uh, and I loved, like, it killed me, that flashback to the fucking uh, Angus Nutter, the witch, and the mm. fucking, when they're going to blow her up, and she packed her skirt full of C4 and nails to kill them all. That's crazy. Um, yeah, it's interesting that they're pushing... Se- like, it seems like this is all very self-contained within these six episodes, right? Yeah, it is. So it's interesting that they're pushing, like, these big characters like War and stuff. Um, but I'm sure, like, they have their place. Um, yeah, it was just really cool to see the unveiling. Um, yeah, she was awesome. And, like, it... it I itch every week, like, what if I just watch one more episode and just not tell you? <laughs> well, like, I definitely... <laughs> I definitely would have liked to have watched it all together, and I think I'd probably take it in better, but, like, I just didn't want to binge something again. Sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's just little... Like, I think I'm allowed to enjoy the little stuff more that I'm not binging it, being like, what's happening next? What's gonna happen next? Like... Mm-hmm. You know, like when fucking uh, they fix her bike and she's like, my bike didn't have gears on it. And he's just like, yeah, fucking pray to God for a new bike and you fucked it up. So good. Oh, God damn it. Um, yeah, so really good. Uh, if you haven't checked it on the Amazon, highly recommended. Um, I think it's only dude. six. Just... Oh, yeah, it's six episodes. But like how great though, like. Oh my god, Michael Sheen is killing it as like this understated like buffoonery to his angel performance. <laughs> so good. But just like when he, at the end when he's reading the prophecy and he's just like, it couldn't be that easy. It's not a phone number, is it? And he just dials it and he's like, oh god. Oh, right number. So good. Or when uh, like when he first reads it and he's like realizes she's talking about him and his cocoa going cold and he about shits himself. It's so good. <laughs> Yeah, man, this show, it's so fun. Um, because you've read the book, right? Yeah, it's been a long time. I probably <laughs> read it, Jesus, probably before we lived together, and I don't think I've read it again. Uh, but, but I mean, I remember classical Neil Gaiman, and he's just an amazing writer. So I think it's just knocking yeah. it out of the park. And a lot of what's, a lot of what you like about Good Omens the show has been translated from the book and a lot of the book was Terry Pratchett. Like him and Gaiman co-wrote this together and 
you can tell what's Pratchett and what's Gaiman, but nice. right on. Um, so yeah, episode three next week. Um, jumping from there, uh, let's talk some Black Mirror because I'm sure you liked one of the three. Um, so here's my experience with Black Mirror. Um, <laughs> I watched the first episode and I was just like. I guess I'll continue because it can't get any fucking dumber than this. And then it did for two more episodes. It got dumber and dumber. I hate everything about this. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, I don't know. I've seen people so divided on this. And like, I don't know. I'm I'm such a Black Mirror fan that I just ate it all up. Like, I loved all of it. You're Um, such a fucking dummy. Why does that make me a dummy? You're ridiculous. Because you're literally like, oh, this is probably bad, but I'm a fan, so I like it. It's bad. This was all bad. Mm. (sighs) Yes. Yes and no. It feels like it it treads that line where the Amazon series was doing um, electric uh, dreams, where it, it introduces a really fascinating idea. But then it never really capitalizes on that. Um, but does it introduce anything fascinating? Yeah, I like the uh, Striking Vipers because, like, it it kind of gave this idea to um, maybe realizing that there's more than just. <sighs> here, here. Do you want to know my take on Striking Vipers? Yes. It's a dumber with a worse ending San Junipero. Yes. I agree it's with that. Two people, two people in an alternate reality VR world where they're able to become who they feel they need to be and what they could be. And but then it shits the bed by the end and has nothing interesting to say throughout the whole episode. Yeah. Um, I feel if this was like maybe I'm giving Black Mirror too much credit, but back when like it was good this would have been a sh- an episode that explored like gender fluidity and the idea of who you are in an online space versus who you are in the real world and then instead of this is just like yo it ain't gay because we're in a computer like that's yeah. all this episode is yeah and like that's kind of what i'm saying like it, it introduces like those concepts like i wish they went further with them and actually even made though, something out of them even but. though I could not buy into this episode at all because I was like, you're making a fucking Street Fighter-esque game, which means at most it's rated teen. You would not have coded genitalia in this game. You, would, you wouldn't have access to that. It wouldn't be a thing. Um, listen, no teenagers getting VR. Nope, never mind. <laughs> Although, it did give me what would be my favorite pickup line of all time of I fucked a polar bear and I can't get you out of my head. <laughs> you would love that line. <laughs> but, and that's what's sad is like, I love Anthony Mackie and the dude who played black Manta as his friend is super charismatic. That's who he fucking was. I couldn't, I couldn't place him. Yeah. Yeah. But there's just nothing for any of them to do because the show doesn't commit to anything. Yeah, I agree. Listen, we're on the same page. We are just talking about it differently. <laughs> <laughs> um, with the second one, Smithereens. Um, 
Listen, That's I just that was the, that was the the text you got from me this week where I was like, "Are you fucking <laughs> kidding me?" It was after that episode. Nice, um, but yeah, I just I'm such a fan of Moriarty that um, I think he gives a great performance, but he doesn't have much to work with. I do too, but the thing is, like, they hide everything in that episode to keep it going, and then you get to the end and you realize it was just a big pile of nothing. Uh, like, like when he was pushing to um, speak to the the top brass and like they were doing the flashbacks, I was like, oh, it was very predictable at that point. Um, and it was, I see like there's little bits there. Um, I also like how they ended ambiguously, like they didn't show if he got shot or not, but. Um, yeah, it, it feels like all of this could take place in a half-hour episode, and I think they're kind of just sticking with this hour thing just to drag things out, but I think if they tightened them down to half-hours, they'd be a much better episode. Worth. But I still don't think there would be anything in this episode, because what, what, what is it? This episode is literally what the, the, what the antithesis of Black Mirror should be to people who know it versus people who don't, which is everyone's always like, oh, Black Mirror, that show of what if you look at your phone too much? Isn't that bad? And then they literally do an episode where like it's bad to look at your phone too much because you'll kill people. And it's like, <laughs> fuck off. Uh, yeah, perfect. Um, and then the third one. Yeah. Uh, Jesus, the third one. But the third fuck. one, we get Miley Cyrus and Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> <laughs> My God, I was destroying me because, like, I again texted you at this point, and I was just like, "Are they ripping off nails in this fucking song that she's doing?" And the answer was yes. Yes, they were. <laughs> um, they didn't rip them off. Like he was uh, coordinating with it, but like it's so it like it eats away at my core for sure. But um, yeah, in the, in the third episode, I get what they're doing, but could you please explain to me why? Why is any of this happening? They literally made a Disney Channel movie. That's mm-hmm. what they did. And that was what they, they had to have tried to do because there's no delineation that shows me that they didn't. Um, there's too much mouse iconography for not to be a jab at Disney Channel. You get Miley Cyrus in there. But in the end, you didn't do anything interesting. You just did a Disney movie. Yeah. Yeah. For real. God, it's so fucking lame. I was just <laughs> watching this. Oh, my God. I was just watching it. And I was like, what? The, like, two precocious teens saving a pop star? I'm like, what is happening? Mm. So It's really bad. It's really, really bad. It's true. But you're not a, you're definitely not a fan of the series anymore at this point. So, I don't think I've been a fan since season two. Yeah, but the thing was, you could always point to a season and go, "It sucks overall," but USS Callister was really good, or "It sucked," but this episode was good, and you know, San Junipero was really good. So that season sucked as a whole, but I got to see that. Yeah, There's yeah. nothing worth watching in this one. Yeah, and I mean, they cut down their season by half, so it's like, I don't know. It just feels it just, like it's it's just on, hanging on by a thread, and they're just milking it for what it is now. Yeah, it's not good. So I think if you took if you took 
every actual good Black Mirror episode, I think you'd have a solid like six episode anthology show. Yeah. That would be great from top to bottom, and the rest is just completely throwaway. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's Black Mirror on Netflix now. Uh, so fucking dumb. <laughs> I just, I just don't. I feel like they have good ideas, but they don't have anybody to capitalize on the the concepts that they want to put forward. And you know, in the end, it comes down to is that their fault or is it because they let Charlie Booker do everything? Yeah. You know, at this point, like, you know, maybe you don't have any ideas left or maybe you go to somebody and you say, what about two friends fucking in VR? And then you let someone else write that and maybe work something out. Yeah. So, yep. That's all black mirror. Um, Let's talk worst and best in glitter with matrix. Um, How'd you feel about glitter? It's really, really bad, but kind of in a funny way. Hmm. Interesting. Um, don't. Uh, disclosure: like, I, watched I, it. Did, I haven't watched this. I I didn't see this movie before now. Um, oh, I, I didn't think... either. And, and I'm watching it. So here's how I sat. I sat there and I watched it. And I was like, "This is the kind of horse shit that Ox would love." I don't know if he's gonna like it or not. <laughs> uh, no, boring your shit. Um, there's no. <laughs> sub- there's no substances substance to this movie whatsoever it doesn't help that like i feel like every 10 minutes i forgot it was set in the 80s until something reminded me because like it doesn't (laughs) hold that tone at all yep um also we get cheap knockoff uh ewan mcgregor oh is that what you saw i saw him as cheap knockoff marky mark i think it's an amalgamation of both (laughs) Dice. <laughs> what he had two uh, nicknames, didn't he? It was Dice and Lucky Lucky, Lucky Seven. Lucky Seven, yeah. Um, it's like you can't have two separate gambling nicknames. Stop it. It was just too awkward. Like it feels like there's bits of truth from, I guess, Mariah's career, but I don't know. Since we just watched Rocket Man. Um, you know, like the things that in that movie were lived and true, and like this one just feels so bland and fake. It does, but it also has that thing that I, I'm like, why are you putting this in your movie unless it was real? That like Dice ends up becoming controlling and manipulative and abusive, and she still comes back to him, and like that's supposed to be a good thing that they're reconciling. It's like. I kept screaming at the, the screen. I was like, get out of there. That dude's an asshole and he's abusing you. Stop it. Leave. And then she's like, oh, we're coming back together from Madison Square Garden. I'm like, no. Dude's a fucking asshole. Get out of there. Yeah, like it was... It, if you have somebody in your life that's that manipulative, you need to get the fuck away from them as fast as you can. Um, it was just so... I, I hate saying the word cringy, but like that's a lot of the movie. Um, and it's, I feel bad for her. Um, she stated that she hates that she made this movie because she put this movie forward to launch a career in acting. Um, and boy, I'm glad it fucking missed the mark because. Well, like, boo fucking who to you, but it took you guys four years to make this movie and this is what you fucking made. (laughs) No. 
Like it, it, it's not a bad movie. Like I don't think it's on the worst worst movies ever. Like it just feels incomplete and like just the not well crafted story by any stretch of the means. Um, um, one of the worst, one of the biggest cardinal sins it does is you're telling a story about a singer and it kind of wants to be that like lived in musical thing, not quite a musical, mu- like, like a bohemian, right? He, like mm-hmm. you're telling the music and you have two songs. Like I swear they only <laughs> sing two songs. Um, I was flipping through the trivia on IMDb and it, it's like she wanted to rewrite a lot of the music like a month before the premiere. And she even was in the works to do one with Prince, but like they missed the deadline by a few days. And it's like, hmm, I wonder if a Prince, a Prince song could have saved this. Um, it's really funny that Fox sold the rights to print DVDs of this to, um, I want to say Warner Brothers, um, just so they could uh, market it globally and then it only made five million dollars and like uh it's like vh1 showed the international version because it had the new markers on the front and back um for warner brothers but yeah what a mess it's it's really bad it's sloppy the story really doesn't do anything um and uh but like dice is a fashion icon like those leather pants <laughs> and that dice necklace. Something. Man, the eighties were a wild time. Yeah. And literally, guess what? If you if you make a verbal agreement with someone that you're gonna pay them a hundred grand for a woman, you pay it. Otherwise you get shot in the street. Exactly. Oh that was my big takeaway. Uh and I'm pretty sure that's why uh he didn't reprise his role as uh Brody. <laughs> Oh, it's bad. It, this is the first time I've seen it as well, and it's not good. Yeah, definitely not. Um, it was it was just interesting. Like, I know very little about my Mariah Carey's like career, but like this seemed like the polar opposite of a lot of that. Like, when she was uncomfortable on set being sold as a uh, sexual icon. Um, like she had like two fucking cribs episodes where she was just changing lingerie like every five minutes. Like yeah. they were an it, hour block just to show off her fucking house. Yeah, and fucking just Dice being like, Oh, I didn't know you were a fucking porn star and I'm like, Whoa, Dice, calm down. She's not your property. <laughs> Says the guy wearing no shirts ever. Uh, as you're on TV just hanging out, being like, I'm Dice, I'm her boyfriend and producer. So bad. Um, and the other thing that drove me nuts was that she had like that silver streak of body glitter on her in every scene. I was oh like, my god! I thought I was losing my mind. I was like, "Is that fucking like?" He kept hopping around, and like I was like, "Why are they doing that?" Because <laughs> like nowhere in her character or anything is she be like, "This is I do this, and this is what it means." And no, it's just like she just always has it on. And I'm like, "What the fuck is happening here?" <laughs> It was like that moment when we watched Roller Bar, Rollerball, and Pink just showed up out of nowhere. It's like, was that supposed to mean something? I don't fucking know. And also, there's that one, like, a scene that's so superfluous and makes no sense when, like, she's just walking with DeBrat, who, I might add, this is her second appearance on the worst list after Kazam. Um, 
fucking uh it's her debrat and your other friend and she's like well let's just go shopping and then shows them all and they're like in completely gold painted denim outfits i'm like what is happening <laughs> i don't even know oh uh, what a mess so don't 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 watch glitter just take out word for it it's pretty bad um jumping from there to matrix um and yeah still fucking holds up really well yeah like uh an almost perfect movie it's so good <laughs> um i think the problems i had with the trilogy is that this first one's so perfect um it even ends on the perfect note like whereas him selling, saying like this is not how it ends like this is how it begins and blah 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 like it's like i just want this movie encapsulated for all the time yeah it's so good um everything about it's great come on not like this not like this oh my god like i remembered what i like i use that gift so much and i was like when do they go about that and like he fucking transferred back into the ship i was like oh shit this is where it happens oh shit apoc we've seen you twice you're definitely you're dead you're fucking dead (laughs) here comes switch um yeah fucking it's the perfect fucking cyberpunk movie like um like when we were talking earlier about black mirror and like where you hit those concepts briefly like it feels like this hammers everything they're trying to say home so with so much confidence um to the point where it like you could base philosophy classes on this movie like everything well, differently it explores i'm not gonna fucking be the nerd who's like well but uh, you know <laughs> in high school i did a report on the religious symbology within the movie you know because like it's there you can find it they're doing a lot of stuff um but uh i think the main takeaway is if you've seen the matrix before, you might take it for granted now. And if you've never seen it, you might not understand how just fucking like it instantly defined a visual look and style. And not only that, like they did so much to amplify cinematography at that point. And for this being the second movie out, like that's insanity. Yeah, but like they just made the second hand of like we're we're melding, you know, cyberpunk and steampunk and anime and Japanese kung fu and we're just putting it all together and making it cool and distilling it down and we're going to film it in a way you've never seen, you know. It's just it's amazing. It but now it's like it's either old hat, you've seen it or you don't understand that this is where a lot of that originated. You know, you think, you see how many people ripped it off versus what it was back then. I was also very, like, rewatching it, like, I was surprised on how tight the movie is. Um, just jumping scene to scene to scene, like, ah, so good. Is it because there's no underground rave scene to kind of ruin the flow? Everybody should have an underground rave scene. Blade did it well. Um, I think that's about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I would say um, outside of like 
that rave scene in the second one. The second one's almost as good. Like, I love that second one, too. I think I can't say that I've said, seen the second one more than once. So, I mean, it's, I'm dude, probably like, revisit. Even when you get to, like, the stuff that's not the super dope action, like the fucking Chateau weapons fight through the fucking highway sequence, which is perfect. Um, you get <laughs> What you get around that is fucking the Merovingian and the Oracle and Agent Smith and fucking the architect just chewing this fucking scenery all the way around them that, like, you can't help but be entertained. You can be like, I'm not quite sure what the fuck any of you are saying, but goddamn, you're relishing and saying it. That, like, it just carries you through compulsively yeah. to seem the same. Yeah, these, that's the second these, one. All these um, actors do such an incredible job. With everything they're given. Like, just maddening how great the story is, but also how great these characters, like, have chemistry with each other and, like, make everything work so well. Um, Yeah. And, like, what should only be, like, the expository, I'm here to explain everything to you. Like, Lawrence Fishburne just fucking kills it in that role. Fuck yeah, he does. Uh, I was, like, when they uh, are trying to get information out of him like when they they're holding him in the building like it's crazy how well like i i feel like i'm going to know him as morpheus forever um because he does such an incredible job with this first one um even to the point where like they they risk their necks to save him um god this movie's so good so yep it's so good and and the fighting holds up so well. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, I was looking into that. Um, it was interesting to find out that fucking Keanu had a broke fucking neck, like, so close to filming. Like, that's why if you see him in the movie, he's doing a lot of um, uh, hand, hand-to-hand combat. And he's, like, the least... He does the least kicks in the movie because, like, when his... When he had surgery on his neck... Like, he was losing um, feeling in his leg and, like, wasn't able to, like, stand for some times and shit. Um, but, like, they show uh, behind-the-scenes stuff. And, like, he's with fucking neck brace, like, learning the choreography and shit. And it's, like, fucking Keanu's just such a smooth operator. Yeah. <laughs> Put him in everything. So- <laughs> Put him in everything except replicas. Oh my god! Wow, I didn't think you were gonna bring it up, but let's read the well, replicas. <laughs> because before you texted me today, because you know, like you said, yesterday was like a big Keanu day. You know, plus John Wick was only like a couple days ago. But you know, you had the cyberpunk and the Bill and Ted day, and John Wick was just a little bit ago. And everyone's all of a sudden, you know, all on Keanu again. And I was like, where were you guys fucking? Four months ago, when that <laughs> was out, we're definitely not saying go see it because it's a real bad movie. But fucking, I love Keanu for sure. Um, I don't love robot Keanu though. Listen, I'd take him as a friend if I had to. We'd be high fiving all over the place. Um, so from there, let's get away from all of that and let's talk fucking Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix. Uh, you have to explain if you were lying or telling the truth that you really enjoyed this movie. 
Where do you think I sit? Because, like, you really can't tell. That's what's great. I, I know. I you absolutely can't have tell. no idea. And, like, I, for that whole evening. Okay, so let me set this up. Um, I saw it Thursday night, and Luke was watching Black Mirror at this point. And I get out of the theater, and he's like, this is fucking bullshit. And I was like, oh, you're talking Phoenix? Like, let's, let's fucking rip it apart right now. And he's like, no, I'm Black Mirror. And I was like, well, shit. I just showed all my cards. And uh, I went to Twitter and was like, this is the reasons I think it doesn't work. I'm not trying to rip anything apart, but, like, kind of don't see it. Because I don't think they can make this work. And I'm guessing Luke saw it. Friday night and came back to me and was like, you're wrong because this movie's great. And I was like, the, I, my brain is melting in my head because I can't figure out if you're telling me the truth or not. And the, <laughs> and the part that makes this worse is that we, I set everybody's expectations down a peg. Like, I don't know how you can get lower expectations for this movie. And like, Jan went and watched it, and he's like, I'm not right with it. I was like, so fucking, there's a chance that you like this shit. Are you ready? Yes. It's the best X-Men movie since X2. I have no idea how you quantify that. Because it's so good. Oh, man. Everything worked. Are you fucking trolling me right now? Nope. Dead serious. I've been sitting... Like, I came out and I was like, I liked it. I really liked it. And I was like, it's... I was like, it's the best since uh, Days of Future's Past. And I was... Or, uh, first Class. And I'm like, you know, not saying a lot because Apocalypse is a pile of shit. And, <laughs> yeah, when and, you uh, said it was like the best of the last three movies, I was like, well, that's not a fucking high bar at all. <laughs> Uh, and then I was like, Days of Future Past is one of those. Days of Future Past pulls that fucking trick that movies do sometimes where you're watching it and you're like, oh, that was good. And you come out and you're like, no, it wasn't. Why was it fucking tricking me? That movie's bad. Except for the end. I really like the end of that movie. And I genuinely like First Class. And then I thought about it and I was thinking, I was like, First Class is a lot of horse shit, but it's later. <laughs> It's laid around Fassbender and fucking McAvoy, which is why that movie's so good. So it's like yeah. it's better, and that there, and I was like, no, this is the second best X Men movie behind X Two. Hmm. I'm not counting Logan because that's a different thing, which would yeah, be at yeah, the top yeah. anyway. Yeah, for sure. But no, it's it's kind of everything I wanted after the horse shit that the, you know. We'll start here. The main problem with a lot of these team X-Men movies is there isn't uh, cohesion to a lot of it. It's like, well, we need to do the Wolverine scene and now we need the fucking Cyclops part. You know, like it feels like scenes versus a cohesive whole. I felt this movie was very across the board from start to finish, tonally sound. Like they weren't, you know, it's not like we're doing weird fucking the horsemen of apocalypse and it's all giant comic booky. But then we take a side trip down to Auschwitz so we can deal with fucking the trauma that Eric's been through. Very tonally different scenes there, right? Mm-hmm. This, I feel like it's consistent all the way through, which is a plus. Um, I also like that it's really, it's a lot smaller and it's intimate. It's not, you know, fucking 
there's 17 people in the League of Mutants and the Brotherhood of Evil and there's the main bad guy and the fucking humans are here too. It's the story of how these people cope with what's happening to Gene and what's going on around them. I really appreciate that. Hmm. When you say it like that, I can understand where you're coming from. Um, I don't know. I I just really genuinely have a problem with Sophie Turner. I feel like she's very I, one note. I don't, but that's weird because like she plays multiple notes just in this movie. See, I only saw the soap, the sappy, I do everything wrong kid. Mm, which no, was the she same was. one she played in Game of Thrones. So it's just like, ah. You know, at the beginning of the movie, she's someone who, you know, understands that there's something within her and she's scared of the power in her. And then once she melts with like the solar flare, uh, you know, she loses control and gives in and becomes looser and plays with it more and then retreats back inward to self-loathing once the the accidents happen. And then she runs around looking for redemption and for someone to give her what, you know, to absolve her of what she's done. And then by the end realizes she's the only one who can do that by saving everyone else. Like, it's a lot of notes to play, and I think she does them well. Hmm. I don't know. I It's a lot of her character that I couldn't make sense of. Um, obviously, when her dad, when she realizes her father's still alive, it's like she can't understand why somebody wouldn't want her around after what she did. Like, some of that kind of I just can't connect dots to. So it just kind of feels so fractured. Um, but I get what you're saying. Um, also, admittedly, I don't have much um, past with these characters. Like, I've always wanted to read through the Phoenix Saga, um, but just have ne- never gotten the time or the inclination to really push on it. But um, I know the details, and I guess when you're saying... Uh, how intimate they made it. And I mean, they tightened that story way up Um, to do it justice. You'd take three movies for sure. But I think with what they did and how they worked it, I mean, it's miles ahead of the last two movies for sure. Um, Like you, I think first class is the best, but yeah, I'd say this is the second best, but I mean, that's a low bar for all of them. So, but yeah, I mean, I think they, condense the Phoenix saga down, mm-hmm. but they hit enough of the points and they yeah. understand what they're trying to, what those things mean that I think it works. Um, you know, uh, she, you know, it's, it, it's the power within and losing control within um, like the idea, you know, in the saga, it's basically an X-Men two when fucking, Brian Cox uses his kid to drive Professor Xavier crazy with like false realities to get him to do what he wants. That's what uh, Hellfire Club does to Jean, you know, and she loses. Basically, it's a protracted gaslighting of her and it causes her to break. And then so like the idea of change that to, you know, make it more. (laughs) 
hit hit closer to home in truth that it's uh, not only her father figure of Xavier who put these blocks in to try and save her from this trauma, but also her father herself. So she loses two fathers in that moment. It, you understand why she lashes out and loses control. Mm, um, yeah. I, I like that it's a film about, you know, uh, a, a, a trauma and how it, hurts us but also makes us stronger and you know like it's not always a weakness and how we deal with these things um i like that it plays into the hypocrisy of magneto like i love that he runs a sanctuary for mutants but he won't take this one in and uh how many times throughout this whole series have we absolved magneto because we like him but for sophie and for gene you know we immediately turn and we need to stop her like I like that stuff, um, and it also has one of like my favorite threads in all of X Men, which is Charles Xavier is really a pompous asshole, and he's a dick that no one should like. Like they play into that very well. Um, I don't. I see. That's the that's the other thing I can connect. Like I understand why he did everything he did, but like she's still too young to come to terms with everything that happened so I mean it makes sense everything he did but for um, Beast was it that called him out on it like I, I was on Xavier's side like I understand you're hurt and lashing out because you've lost somebody that you love but I did too and it's like I understood his his vantage point a lot better than any of the other kids I suppose Man, I loved fucking Beast talking down to him. I was like, yeah. Because, like, that's the thing in, like, X-Men. If you read the comics, like, Xavier's a giant dickbag. He kind of always, even when they weren't outright, like, trying to shade him that way, he was always pompous and better than thou and my way is the right way. So, like, that little shit, like, Beast saying that. And I love the part where, like, you know, he's uh, he's like, me and Scott are going to go to New York to get her. And Scott's just like, fuck you, everyone's coming. Like, you know, just like Cyclops immediately jumping into that leader role and going against Xavier. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what else is there that I really liked? Uh, I like the idea that, um, you know, the X-Men are known, <coughs> excuse me, and like out and like kind of revered and helping everyone at this point. But the second one little thing goes wrong, they're immediately shut out and shunned and we're building fucking concentration camps again. Like, I love that. That's how fractured and on the edge of the precipice we are. Um, I think that uh, that that third act ending on the train is fucking dope. Like, that's some of my favorite, like, action stuff in an X-Men movie. Like, they're doing really cool stuff with all our powers plus it's built around like this small group this family protecting one of their own finally coming together and being like you know you don't have to you know even though we're on different sides at certain times we're all going to do this to save this person we know and love i think like i I think magneto surprised me the most in this film considering how they showed him off in the trailer um it feels like it felt like he was only vengeance um, especially when he dodges the helicopter blade, it's like he controls metal. Like, why would he just catch that and save people? Like, oh, I see. Like, he was fucking right up against the beast in this one, and like trying to channel his powers as best as he could because he's no match to the Phoenix Force. But yeah, it, it was uh, the train 
ride for sure was pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, I mean, fucking, like, I don't think it's as good as, like, the opening sequence of X-Men 2, but, like, all that shit with Nightcrawler is fucking dope. Mm-hmm. When he's just, like, bamfing around cutting people with that knife, and then mm-hmm. he teleports that one bitch right in front of the train, and he's like, fuck you, I'm out. You get hit by a train now. <laughs> Um, I didn't much care for the uh, eviscerating people or the the aliens at the end, but I mean, the everything leading up to that was fucking cool. Well, even like I like um, the idea that uh, they're pulling from the Dark Phoenix lore to do it. Like, there's Phoenix and Dark Phoenix and whatever, but. Uh, you know, the the race of aliens that is in the movie is the Dabari, which mm-hmm. when um, when Jean goes Dark Phoenix and then she goes and she feeds on a sun and then it kills a planet and she kills a billion people, it's the Dabari's home planet. So I like that they kind of skirted around the Shi'ar and then brought in the Dabari instead. Like, I, I like that. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah, that's what I kind of figured um, as the movie started. Like, I, I thought... Because Jean Grey is the one that blows up the planet, right? It depends on what storyline and retcons you want to follow. Uh, um, when, when it was for, originally happened, it was Jean Grey in the Phoenix Force, right? Well, technically, it really wasn't. The, the well, Phoenix I mean, they re- they retconned it later that Jean had died on the prior to this, so it was just the Phoenix Force that blew up the planet, right? So what happens is. They go to space. It's just like the beginning of the movie. There's a solar flare going, and they go to space, and uh, Jean gets caught in it, and she's killed. Uh, She then becomes a being of pure thought and energy and reforms herself, kind of like they do in the movie when you see her putting her body back together. She's floating there. Uh, Because the it wasn't so much that, like, she bonded with a thing. It was that it tapped, it unlocked her potential as an Omega mutant. And she, Jean was the Phoenix. There was no separate entity. Um, but they, uh, so it reached that point where like, she kills a billion people in that. And Marvel decided the only way they could ever bring her back was if Jean gray, wasn't the one who did that. Mm -hmm. And that's where it was. After the space mission, the Phoenix Force melded with her and created a false body of her to control while she slept in the bottom of the bay. And then mm-hmm. that's who was woken later. Gotcha. Well, which, son of a which is why I like the idea that, like, you know, in Apocalypse, she uses, you know, she has the Phoenix Flare when she defeats Apocalypse because it's not, a, it, it's showing Gene. And then when they talk about, you know, even Jessica Chastain's character, they don't say, you know, the Phoenix, they say this entity that bonded with you and mm-hmm. amplified your powers. Because Jean's the Phoenix, not this thing that is within her. Okay. That's kind of what I was alluding to. Is like, it kind of, it felt like it disregarded her using that flare and like, this was the thing that caused that, so. Um, no, that makes sense, though. So I suppose we're on board on the same page excuse me it's really good i really liked it and here's the thing i want to see it again because uh when like we were sitting there excuse me uh and like the preview started 
and the sound mix was fucked up. Like all the like channel one, like dialogue stuff was at the normal thing, but um, all the music and stuff in the trailers was like pitched down and it was softer. And I was just like, the mix is weird. I hope they fix this before the movie. And they didn't, but it made it feel like the super powered, like indie drama where like, <laughs> like all the explosions and stuff were kind of muted and more in the background. And it was the characters voices in the front and it really worked. So huh. um, yeah, I also really dislike Jennifer Lawrence in this movie. Well, um, the problem with that is everyone fucked up because yeah. they got Jennifer Lawrence and then she got popular and she didn't want to do these movies anymore, but yeah, yeah. she was under contract. Like at this point, she's been screaming for fucking three movies. Mm-hmm. Let me out. I don't want yeah. to do it. Uh, and um, like, I, I'm taking that with a grain of salt, but like, even it felt like her makeup and outfit was just such a downgrade from the previous few movies that like, it just kind of feels like they wanted to turn out of this movie as quick as they could. And they pretty much got there about as quick yeah. as they could. Yeah, so. I don't know. Um, I really like it. It's really, really, really good. I'll give it to you. I mean, it didn't work for me, but I mean, I like Godzilla, you didn't, so. Because that's a piece of shit. You're a piece of shit. <laughs> so. Uh, we got the DC Online shows, Good Omens, um, Shaft, and Men in Black. Uh-huh. Is there anything else next week? I don't know. Is there? Uh, oh, Euphoria. Dude, fuck that. Just watch the first episode and shut your mouth. God damn it. You need to get, you need to get over all this children love that you have. You need to like you're gonna, back down you're a little bit. Up- on a watch list you're you are the watch list um what do we got for best and worst or next week too uh goodfellas and going overboard the adam sandler movie (laughs) (laughs) i was really hoping it was gonna be uh the kurt russell or the (laughs) overboard that just came out like two years ago Uh, yeah what's the adam sandler going overboard I don't know. It's on Prime, though. I checked. Son of a bitch. Um, I don't think I've ever seen Goodfellas either, so. You fucking fool. Hmm. Interesting. I'm sure you own it, don't you? Yes, I do. Son of a bitch. It's one I have to rent, so. Uh, watch all that stuff and come back next week. We'll talk about it all. Uh, peace, pineapple, all that good stuff. Later.